Dedication and Preface of the Way of Perfection. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. The Way of Perfection by St. Teresa of Avila. Translated by the Reverend John Dalton. Dedication and Preface. To the Reverend Superioress of the Convent of the Infant Jesus, Northampton. Madam, I have long known how tenderly you love St. Teresa, and how much you admire and strive to imitate her heroic virtues. It is, then, with the greatest pleasure that I dedicate the way of perfection to you, for it is a truly golden book, the sublime lessons of which it is your unceasing desire and endeavor to impress on the hearts of the sisters, who live under your wise and gentle rule. Like St. Teresa, you and another religious, whom but to name is to praise, left your own convent in Belgium to found a new house in Northampton, and you came amongst us, resolved to suffer every privation and trial with calm resignation and fortitude, for the good of those precious souls whom Providence might commit to your tender care. Numerous and various were the difficulties you met with, just as St. Teresa did in the foundation of her convents in Spain. But your courage and confidence in God supported you amidst all your troubles, and you were encouraged patiently to endure them, by the kind exhortations and assistance given to you by his lordship and other friends. As time went on, you found what great things often come from small beginnings. Now you have a large and commodious house and a fervent community, whose sole desire is to serve him whom they have chosen for the God of their heart and the portion of their inheritance forever. May St. Teresa intercede for you, madam, that grace and strength may be given to you, to fulfill the high duties of your office with fruit a hundredfold. May she intercede, too, for your beloved sisters, that they may practice every virtue, even as she did, which can adorn the religious life and beautify their own soul, and so prepare them and you for the joys of another and better land. I have the honor to be, madam, your very respectful servant in Christ, John Dalton. Preface The translation of St. Teresa's wondrous life has met with such general approbation that I am induced to present to the public a translation of the way of perfection and the conceptions of divine love, both written by the same glorious saint. Those who have read her life will remember the account she gives us of the foundation of the monastery of St. Joseph's at Avila. It is wonderful to contemplate the innumerable trials, labors, and difficulties of all kinds which the saint had to endure in founding this new house. But it is still more wonderful to consider the admirable fortitude and undaunted courage and heroic perseverance joined with a most unbounded confidence in the divine assistance, by which she conquered every obstacle that men and the devil raised up against her. On one occasion, when all her hopes seemed to be lost, she went to our Lord and said to him, This house is not mine, it is to be established for you, and since there is no one to conduct the case, do you undertake it. Having spoken these words, the saint tells us, that she felt as great repose and as free from care as if she had the whole world to plead for her, and immediately she considered the business as completed. The new monastery was established on the feast of St. Bartholomew, in the year 1572. The day on which the saint entered the new house must indeed have been a day of great joy and consolation to her. 
all her troubles were now at an end the raging tempest had passed away and she saw herself in a peaceful harbor for which she had so long sighed she and her beloved nuns lived together as if they had but one heart and one soul they were entirely disengaged from earthly things their whole study was to advance in the way of perfection solitude was their delight and to hold converse with their heavenly spouse was their only recreation when the nuns were one day at prayer in the choir saint teresa saw our blessed lady in great glory and she seemed to be protecting them all under a very white robe which she had on by this vision the saint understood what a high degree of glory our lord would bestow on the religious of the new house when the holy mother left the monastery of the incarnation she took with her four religious who were willing to embrace the reform our saint wished to introduce others were afterwards admitted she chose anna de santo Yoan to be prioress simply because it was her own sincere desire to obey rather than command but the provincial and the bishop of avila knowing well how fit she was to govern soon after commanded her to undertake the office herself it is unnecessary for me to mention here with what heavenly prudence judgment and sweetness she fulfilled all the duties of prioress the reformation of the order dates from the year fifteen sixty three when the constitutions were drawn up by the saint and approved by pope pius the fourth in fifteen sixty five to understand more clearly the nature of the reform introduced by the saint with so much labor and difficulty it is necessary to mention that in the year twelve o five some say twelve o nine albert patriarch of jerusalem who had been a religious of mount carmel gave to the carmelites who then lived on that holy mountain a rule taken from another which had been given to the same order by john patriarch of jerusalem this rule was confirmed by pope innocent the fourth in the year twelve forty eight and was called the primitive rule for many years it was observed in all its strictness but gradually as the fervor of the order declined many relaxations and abuses crept in it also seemed so austere that several persons considered it impossible to be observed the order was accordingly induced to request pope eugenius the fourth to mitigate some of the rules which petition his holiness complied with great evils however arose from this relaxation especially in the monasteries of the women saint teresa was determined to apply a remedy and we have already seen how gloriously she executed her project let her speak of the result in her own words methinks that all the troubles which have been endured for the monastery have been well bestowed for though the rule is somewhat rigorous because flesh-meat is never eaten except in case of necessity and we fast eight months in the year yet the sisters consider it not to be severe enough and therefore they observe additional mortifications which seem to be necessary in order to keep the rules with greater perfection i hope in our lord that what has been begun will prosper and increase as his majesty has promised me the saint tells us in the book of her foundations that she lived five years in the monastery of st joseph and that those years seemed to be the happiest of her whole life because they afforded her that repose and tranquillity the loss of which her soul so often felt she also mentions how several young ladies entered the house and became religious our lord having delivered them from the pomps and vanities of the world and endowed them with many virtues their number did not exceed thirteen 
St. Teresa assures us what delight she experienced in conversing with such pure and holy souls, whose only desire was to serve and praise our Lord. They too knew well what encouragement their holy mother gave them, to serve with fidelity and perseverance the beloved spouse of their heart, and what a glorious example she was of every virtue that can adorn the religious life. Sweet and pleasant was her rule, and sweeter far the heavenly lessons of wisdom which she delivered to them. Never did she inculcate any duty which she herself did not practice first. Though superioress, she often chose the greatest humiliations. The smallest fault she confessed in chapter was surprising humility, and it was her delight to steal unknown into the choir, and fold up the cloaks of the sisters, to sweep the most filthy places in the yard, to wait at table, to serve in the kitchen, to spin, or to assist any of the sisters in their work. The axe and bull of her canonization testify the many virtues which shone so preeminently in her soul. Indeed, when we consider on what familiar terms, so to speak, she was with our Lord, and how lovingly he caressed her, and spoke to her, and consoled her, and assisted her in all her troubles, and this too, in a way so different from that which he employed towards other saints, we must come to the conclusion that the soul of Teresa was all fair, without spot or stain. These remarks bring me to the direct subject of the preface. As the nuns had such a high idea of the sanctity of their holy mother, they besought her to give them some instructions on prayer, and with this request she lovingly complied, having previously asked permission from her confessor, Father Domingo Banez. These instructions are comprised in the way of perfection. This beautiful book the saint composed in 1563. Yipes mentions that she sent the manuscript to Don Tutonio de Verganza, Archbishop of Evora, who ordered it to be printed at Evora while the saint was still living. The precious manuscript is preserved to the present day in the Royal Library of the Escuria. To speak of the merits of this work seems superfluous. It bounds in noble and sublime thoughts, heroic sentiments of love, praise, and gratitude to God, and is full of the most practical lessons of humility, obedience, poverty, and self-denial. Her explanation of the Lord's Prayer is very admirable. The three first chapters are particularly interesting and valuable, as she there mentions the motives by which she was especially induced to compose the work. The style is everywhere simple and pure, yet always rich in illustrations. The interior life of the saint is drawn to the very letter, in words which really seem to have been inspired. All the hidden secrets of mental prayer are communicated to us, in which the soul buries herself, and is consumed with burning transports of love. And though we are unable to understand all that the saint says on this sublime subject, yet we cannot but rise up from the perusal of her words, better men than we were before, more determined to aim at perfection, and to implore the divine assistance and of that of our glorious saint, for so important an object. John Dalton, Bishop's House, Northampton, 1852. Preface of St. Teresa The sisters of this monastery of St. Joseph, in Avila, having heard that I had leave from my present confessor, Father Domingo Banez, of the Order of the Glorious St. Dominic, to write certain instructions on prayer, because I seem likely to succeed well, because I have spoken on the subject with many spiritual and holy persons, have begged of me to say something on prayer with such importunity, that I have resolved to obey them. 
I see that the great affection they bear me will make my imperfect discourse more acceptable, however bad my style may be, than some books, which have been more correctly written by men, from whom I have learnt what I know. I rely on their prayers, that so our Lord may perhaps be pleased to enable me to say something respecting what is suitable to the manner of living in this house, and that he may allow me to communicate to the sisters. But if I should say anything incorrectly, Father Banez, who is to see what I have written first, will either correct the manuscript or burn it, and thus I shall have lost nothing in agreeing to the request of these servants of God, and they will see what I am in myself, when His Divine Majesty does not assist me. I intend to mention certain remedies for small temptations, which perhaps are slighted because they are little, that the devil employs and other matters, just as our Lord shall give me understanding, and as the subject shall occur to my mind. As I know not what I am to say, I cannot proceed with any order or method, and this way I think is best, because it is unusual with me to proceed thus. May our Lord assist me in everything that I shall do, that all things may be done according to His will, for such have always been my desires, though my actions are as imperfect as myself. I know I am not wanting in love and a desire to advance, to the best of my power, the souls of these, my sisters, in the service of our Lord. And this love, together with my years and the experience which I have had of some monasteries, may possibly be useful in enabling me to succeed better in these small matters than learned men would, who, having other more important affairs to manage, and being men of perfection, do not pay much attention to things which in themselves seem nothing. But every object may injure such weak creatures as we women are, for numerous are the snares of the devil against persons who live in strict enclosure, because he sees he stands in need of some new arms to attack them. Being so very wicked myself, I have been able to make but a poor defense, and therefore I desire my sisters should take warning by me. I shall say nothing but what I have either experienced in myself, or have seen in others. Only a short time ago, I was commanded to write an account of my life, in which I have said something about prayer, and perhaps my confessor does not wish you to see this at present. I shall, therefore, repeat here something of what I said there, adding other matters also, which I may consider necessary. May our Lord direct all that I shall say, as I have requested of Him, and make it conduce to his greater glory. Amen. Teresa de Jesus End of the Dedication and Preface